Xbox on. Game on, baby! Woo! Hello and welcome to the Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I am your host, Ross Miller, and I'm joined by everyone's favourite uncle, it's Clay Parker. Woo, woo. What's going on, guys? <laughs> and I've got nothing witty, so it's Reese. <laughs> it's me. Hi, guys. I'm back. Back from vacation or holiday, as some folks might say, that are outside of the United States, which is unfortunate yeah, for all of y'all. I was on holiday <laughs> in <laughs> – I went to China for uh, two weeks, China and Hong Kong. They're different. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I had a good time. But you, it's good to be back. You were having sandwiches on the Great Wall of China. Yes, I was posting uh, all of my holiday pictures uh, all over the internet, and I, I had sandwiches on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I also noticed it was Clay and myself were the only people liking your pictures. So. <laughs> You're the only friends I pretend to have anyway. I don't even know you guys, so it's fine. <laughs> well, anyway, this is a podcast all about Xbox One, so let's find out what you've been playing this week. And we're going to start with the returning man himself, Reese. Well, yeah, um, I haven't actually had that much time because, you know, you come back from holiday, every, everything's on fire and you have to get back to work. But I have been doing my best to play uh, play uh, video games with my girlfriend. Uh, we've been playing um, uh, Battleborn in, in split screen and been having an, an absolute blast. The game is, it's like... First person smite meets Borderlands. It's funny. It looks nice, and it's it's just really, really, really fun. And as anyone who watches this, or sorry, listens to this podcast knows, I love split screen, and it it just pushes all the buttons. It's it's great fun. That's great. That, that actually sold that a bit to me. I did not know there was split screen. It's not just split screen. It's split screen across all modes. You can play the campaign. Uh, and you can also play like all the other like regular adversal MOBA style modes, and you can play split screen against other people online. Nice. That that's that's a great thing. That is a great great thing. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, Gearbox is one of the few developers who still cares about split screen. Mm. I think so, uh, also the Coalition still still love it. I yeah, was gonna say it seems definitely. like it's a, a a dying not a dying. I don't want to say it's a dying thing, but it's for some reason just not that. Supported anymore. I think we talked about it a handful of weeks many, ago. Many, many, many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Clay, what's been, what you've been playing? Hey, man, uh, no surprise, I think, to anybody that's been listening. Uh, I've been playing some more Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> move on. Move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I have been playing some other games. Um, uh, I, you know, uh, there is a big update that just came to Siege, and it has an update to one of my favorite operators. Um, which I'm struggling to remember the 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 name of Cap Capcan Caplan. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy that has the tripwire that he's now actually yeah. useful. You can put the thing at any point, and they've removed the little indicator that you see on the other side, so it's it's much easier to get some kills with that guy. Um, but outside of Siege, um, I have been playing a whole lot of Goat Simulator with my son, who is head over heels in love with the game. 
Uh, I'm not at the point where I'm letting him play, and I'm thinking I'm at the point that I should actually let him uh, try and <laughs> try out some of the games. I'm a bit of a, a controller hog on that end. Uh, and then Reese, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Reese, I actually downloaded and tried the Doom uh, uh, demo that they put out. I think that was last week. And man, you were talking about how great that game was. Uh, I saw a bunch of videos. Saw that it was going to be pretty cool. It is so smooth that game. Yeah, it's just it's buttery smooth. You can't, it really like, is. You can't really describe it until you play it. Just it's, how good it feels. Oh my! It like, really it's plays like a good, great. Oh, it's, it's like so a good driving game. You know, it's like <laughs> the, the way it feels is like all that makes all the difference. Doom, the Forza Horizon of shooters. <laughs> <laughs> we can quote you on that one. Right. What, what's the kangaroos? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anyone cares what I've been playing, I immediately, uh, after the E3 conferences, went and downloaded the new Trials game. Nice. Ah. I love Trials. Me too. And this has got a great added element that you can actually get off your bike and go and shoot things. Or you can shoot them whilst on your bike as well. Wait, what? Really? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I actually know quite a few guys on the trials team, and uh, when I was at that Games First conference, it was they had a really cool, uh, like a a really cool, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a part when they were on the stage. Sorry, English is failing me. And uh, um, they described in detail the uh, the really awesome Easter egg that they had for the first trials game. Did you guys ever read about that? No, not at all. What was it? You've never read about the Trials Easter egg. I'm not, 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 not going to spoil this for you. Go and, I, know, I know if you land in a tennis court, you can sort of play tennis. No, 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 no. Go and look up. the. Just just Google the, the Trials Easter egg. It is the greatest Easter egg in the history of Easter eggs. Mm. There is nothing that comes even close to this. And um, if, if, you, if anyone missed it, seriously, Google that right now and... You will just be amazed I'm, at what I'm, you see. I'm tempted to pause this recording right now. <laughs> Clay, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll just look at it while you guys are talking and half pay attention. That's what I normally do. <laughs> well, anyway, let's find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. I'm going to jump in first uh, and just quickly mention that we have a Bard's Gold uh, AMA um, for on the sub from the developer. He sort of popped in and asked if he could do an AMA. We were like, yeah, go for it, man. And, 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 and he did that. And, and we also uh, put out a crawl for help. I need Batman. I need all the Batmans all the time. We need uh, backup on the wiki team. So if anyone is interested in joining the wiki team, please send me a PM on the subreddit, you delicious underscore cheese, and and, and tell me why you are the Batman that I need. Super. So guys, E3 was last week. We had an interview with Rare. We didn't really talk about what our favorite things were. So now we have that chance. So... No one really got anything right in the free predictions. <laughs> Nobody. Did, that was complete bust. I was going to say, did, yeah. did anybody get anything right on that? I'll have to go back and I'm, check that. I'm embarrassed to check it. 
to be honest with you. <laughs> that just means it was a good E3. That's right. Yeah. Expectations were blown. Even with all of the leaks that were occurring, you know, even weeks before <laughs> E3, it was surprising. You, you guys want to know something really funny? I suppose I can tell you this, that the, 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 the specs for the Scorpio leaked down to us on the mod team um, months ago months ago and when we heard the leak we laughed we thought it was utter utter crap we're like yeah yeah this is going to be the most ridiculous mr x media style hidden gpu kind of kind of thing ever and when the when the specs dropped all of the mods were like oh my god God, like Tron <laughs> style, like, <what>? no. <laughs> so, uh, leaker dude, I am so sorry for all those horrible things I said about you that you, when you weren't around and you have no idea I said them about you, but I said very mean things about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I suppose, I suppose that's a good place to start uh, right. the end of the conference. Um, the Scorpio announcement. So what is everyone's thoughts about Scorpio? Yeah, I'll jump right in. Um, I'm very excited that they came right out and made the statement about it, that they basically announced that it's, hey, you've been hearing the rumors, and they're true. We're working on it, and here's a little bit of, of details around it. It sounds like there was a bit of confusion around that messaging <laughs> from yeah. about the 50 million postings that were made on the subreddit and on Twitter sure. of everything I was reading. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm honestly very excited. You know, this kind of reminds me of, I think it was the 360. When the 360 was first announced, it's, it was going to have, uh, you know, it had the HDMI ports. I think it had HDMI port. Maybe it didn't have an HDMI port, but it was all about supporting HD games. Uh, and at that time, that was something still, it was new technology-wise. Uh, you know, flat screen TVs hadn't been out all that long. And now they're talking about, hey, well, we're going to get into 4K gaming support. And that's, again, one of the new technology points. And it's going to be a big supporter of VR gaming, which is... I think all anybody has really been talking about um, over the past handful of weeks, at least on my end, everything I see is related, it seems, to VR and what games you're going to be able to play in VR and who's developing against it. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited about this. Are you going to buy one? <laughs> um, yes. There's. <laughs> I mean, I'm already planning on buying the, the, the slim, the new slimmed down uh, Xbox One on a diet. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I will probably end up picking up the Scorpio as well. I'm, uh, I'm a big tech junkie, so I can't, I'm not going to pass it up. My heart says yes. My wallet says mercy, please. <laughs> Actually, my wallet's going to say, uh, let's wait till we find out how much it costs first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Steam wait. sale all over again. Oh. Um, talking to watch, it's the summer. It's almost the Xbox summer sale, wasn't it? That's I think a good so, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Well, for me, Scorpio is going to have to be day one, isn't it? it but it is. the only person that's going to benefit is my son because he'll probably get my Xbox because <laughs> by that point, I'll probably have an S. Yeah. yeah. So um, he'll be the major 
person that benefits out of the the, the Scorpio more than anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that power, you can just imagine the stuff that's going to happen on it and supporting VR. Oh, I can't not wait to get my hands on this. Can I just say I don't like VR? Oh, I, I know, right? I don't. I don't want to be the wet blanket, but I don't like it. Uh, I it, I get simulation sickness hardcore whenever I use virtual reality. I don't get motion sick, just simulator sick from mm. VR. And I think that, that that VR doesn't really like. It's. I think it's just so unnecessary. It sort of goes against everything that I use video games for. Like I prefer video gaming in a social like an actual social, not like an online social, but an actual social uh, environment. That's that's why I own a Wii and I buy all the party games and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm not actually excited about VR, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell someone else they can't be excited because I mean, the, the fact that there's all all the cool stuff all the time. Like we need all the accessories. Yeah. Uh, Do you uh, know something? VR managed to get me over quite a large fear. What fear is that? Of the alien, the xenomorph. What? Right. When I was a, a young teenager <laughs> in Glasgow, there was a thing called Alien War, where literally you they recreated the ship, and you get sent off in groups into the ship, and the alien, it's all set pieces, but the alien would pluck people off one by one like plants. It sounds like group. the best thing ever. <laughs> Google it. It was it was brilliant. It went to the Trocadero in London as well, and it was it was fantastic. <laughs> Being a sort of young teenager, it scared the absolute wits out of me. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. I never you got like legit PTSD from a, like in a theme park, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, and the thing is, is I hadn't really seen the movies at that point. Uh, I was going along with someone else, so. Like anything else, if you go and see something and it scares you, you want to find out the way to beat it. So I literally became obsessed with Aliens, all the movies, reading as much as I can about it, everything else. And when I heard about Alien Isolation, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play this. Oh, such a good game. Yeah, well, my first experience of VR was Alien Isolation. You went all in. Yeah. I went for it, and I'm not going to lie, I was scared out my absolute wits, <laughs> but the first moment it killed me, totally gone. <laughs> you knew it was just a game then? <laughs> yeah, it just it, something clicked in my brain to say, why physically can't be hurt by this? Okay. And it totally changed my mindset. So VR has been great for me. You know, it could have went another way and really, really like, scarred me for life. But... It could have, yeah. You, you definitely were walking the line. You know, uh, the alien isolation is is pretty cool because like it uh, it had that it, it could like listen to you and and uh, track you with the yeah. the connect and uh, I I was like testing it out with that uh, enabled and I was hiding in a uh, a closet and like uh, that you do for seventy percent of the yeah, game yeah 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 <laughs> and I, I was like uh, you know how you can you can like lean I was like leaning forward in my seat. And the Kinect could see that I was leaning forward, and it made my character lean forward. It was really cool. And then the the alien popped up from below and like looked at the grate. And I like normally in the game, this this happens sometimes. If you remain still or lean back, uh, went into the into the closet, 
the alien might decide that you're not there and leave or it might open the door and eat your face. But um, uh, the, the thing is, it, when it popped up, it, it scared me. And I, I, I gasped and I, I jerked my head back a bit. And, of course, the, my character mimicked that head jerk <laughs> in a violent backwards manner. And it heard me gasp. And the alien saw me jerk my head and gasp, tore open the door and ate my face. And it was <laughs> really cool, sort of like it broke the third wall. But it was also completing the, like made the immersion even further. It was great. Yeah, that's it. It's all about immersion. It's how much do you want to be immersed in the game, and I think that's what VR brings to it. But what about the games from E3? Let's let's stop talking about Scorpio for a minute. Let's what what games did you guys Gears four. like? Okay, fine. Why did I why did I even ask? So so Ross, um, yeah, what did you think about those weather effects that they showed? Amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> that wind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the planet is properly being destructed from all the years of, of mining and and everything else that happened and the wars that took place. You can actually physically see it in the weather now, which is such science. a nice touch. It's such a nice touch, you know, that they they really went back to like you know what the effect has been, and then that ending sequence just when you seen right old. Man. Is it a spoiler? If I see. You can say it. You can say it. Everybody's listening. You see, my main man, and it wasn't, I don't mean the Coltrane, Marcus Phoenix (laughs) as a grandpa. (laughs) I can't wait to see old man Coltrane. That'll be amazing. Um, Coltrane's president, but now. But, But, like, I I, I literally had hair, with the hairs on the back of my neck, everything was standing up with just excitement. I, I can't wait. To get my hands on it three days early with a docs edition. That's great. But yeah, like I, everything looked great. The weather, as you said, the way that the the weather can affect an environment, the the new gun that they introduced or they they showed off the. You know, it's just everything that a Gears fan I think really wants, right. and it looks amazing. You know the 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 guys over there, the way that they do the backgrounds and they do all the. The stuff and environment it just it just looks amazing well, I, think, I could talk about it for hours ross one big thing that i got from it was it you know quieted all of these people that played the <clears throat> the multiplayer beta and said that it looked did not look uh very well it didn't look like gears i wanted to say uh the gameplay that they showed from the conference i think completely put a stop to all of that it was like hey this is this is a beta. We're just testing it out. This is a true beta. You know, we're, we're testing out all the different bits and pieces here. Um, yeah. This isn't a true representation of what the final product is going to be. And I think we got a better better picture of that. Yeah. And as I said, I'm not the best at multiplayer at Gears. I love Horde mode. I'm not the best at competitive multiplayer. That's great. Yeah. I, I just Horde mode and single player is what I play Gears for. I'm and I'll same. replay that campaign, you know, multiple times. So this is what I was really looking forward to see. Nice. Seeing was that. So Did I you can't like wait any to see of the other games, though. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, I mentioned it all on, but I love the Forza Horizon games. Me too. Um, so yeah, just that game. 
it just looks so beautiful. You could just do fun driving around Australia with it. Couldn't you? Yeah. I don't know what there's a lot to say. It's cars driving around. Tri- but yeah, ca- they do kangaroos. Uh, yeah. Straya. <laughs> That's about it. Washers off-road stuff. Yeah. Uh, drop, drop bears. <laughs> I'm just going to shout out to uh, Carlos, by the way, one of our wiki editors. He is an absolute force and nutbag. So mm-hmm. I, I know that this is making him happy. Hi, Carlos. But also, the, the last one I just want to go into detail of is Sea of Thieves. Uh-huh. Because that game is so much up my street. I can just imagine. Clay has played some games with me, or one particular, and he can see how much I mess about in games and how much I can annoy people. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> anybody who is interested in Sea of Thieves and cannot wait until February to sort of get their hands on that kind of gameplay needs to download an indie game on the PC. It's called Guns of Icarus Online. And it's basically the exact same concept as Sea of Thieves, but it's in a steampunk uh, setting and you fly airships rather than sail boats. Cool. And that's about as close to Sea of Thieves as you can get. You can't actually get out of the, the ship and run around like you can in, in, in Sea of Thieves. But if, if you need your fix of sort of like team-based shipmanship and, and you want to fly <laughs> and, and wear monocles and cool sort of stuff, shipmanship is a word now, like overdogging. And uh, <laughs> download uh, Guns of Icarus online. I can't recommend it enough. Very cool. Yeah. But just seeing now like messing about having fun, trying to get that co-op, trying to get the ship just to move. Can you imagine Clay and I being put in charge of a ship? Yeah, it's going to be great. Scary, scary thought. I think we'd be, uh, I, I saw you know, them drinking. Guys, 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 so. guys, guys. What, yep. what we can do is we can live stream. Ah, this. Yeah. We, we can Twitch. There we go. Like, we can get all Our of us in a group. Our first experience, the entire Party Chat podcast yep. crew, crew, <laughs> yeah. um, all uh, trying to, Get the ship out of the docks. I think we'd be doing well, to be honest with you. So I'm, oh, I'm ready for that. What about well, you, Clay? <laughs> yeah. what, what um, you, like you know, on day? my end, I was very, very excited to see more info about uh, Dead Rising Four oh, and uh, the return of Frank West. So love, West. absolutely love those games, and uh, can't wait for that to drop. Isn't that? I think it's later in the. It's December. That's going to be rolling out this year. Yeah, it's Christmas. Oh. Christmas. Yeah, theme. yeah. So very excited about that. Um, the other, you know, there's two others that I was very excited. I think one is no surprise to a lot of people, which was uh, Battlefield. Uh, just seeing more content from the game, basically confirming that it is not going to play like Star Wars Battlefront was a big plus for me. Uh, not a, you know, visually love Star Wars Battlefront gameplay wise, not. Like just not a big fan of how that game plays and sort of the lack of uh, battlefieldness in that game. But uh, very excited to see all of the content, especially some of the the, the level of destructibility. Is that a word? Destructibility uh, that so. they put into into the vehicles now. I mean, I, I some I saw someone over on the subreddit posted a GIF of. Um, how you can shoot at one of the planes, and it was the the wings were starting to break away, uh, and it was uh, supposedly now when you're either flying a plane or driving a tank and you're taking damage, it's going to actually affect how they drive and maneuver, or you can actually shoot off some of the weapons 
uh, on the vehicles, which is uh, a really, really cool concept uh, that I saw. And then the other one that <clears throat> I saw was actually wasn't actually an Xbox game, um, and actually I don't know if it's exclusive to PS4, but it was Days Gone. Um, looked very, very cool. Uh, you know, another one of these zombie games with a huge horde of uh, zombies that <laughs> would attack you. It just seemed very, very interesting. Uh, can't wait to hear more about that um, and see what it has to offer. It uh, just seemed like a very interesting mechanic of these massive swarms of fast-moving zombies that you had to break free from. Okay. Reese, how about you, man? Well, you know, Gears Gears and Forza Horizon, obviously. Sea of Thieves, obviously. Um, I'm a huge Dead Rising fan. It's well-established. And that, that trailer just had me grinning from <laughs> ear to ear, especially taking selfies right. uh, with his Windows phone. High five <laughs> to my boy. And uh, that, was, that was great. Uh, um uh, of course, uh, what I really liked is uh, I've been watching this for a couple of years now. Is the indie game We Happy Few? That game looks very, very good. Did you guys like that? Yeah, it looks a sort of. I, it's funny to think that I was just trying to think it's like Clockwork Orange type of. It was what? Clockwork Orange. Oh, Clockwork Clock, Orange. Clockwork Orange for anyone that couldn't you understand. Non-Scots. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but like that game looks messed up. Yeah, I can't wait to play it. Um, uh, I hopefully we can uh, badger the devs into either appearing on the podcast or on the subreddit. But uh, that was really exciting for me. Uh, Battlefield, basically everything Clay just said times ten, and. Also, not an Xbox game, but the new Zelda looks oh, really, yeah. really, really good. It's it's like it's like The Witcher Three in a a cartoon Zelda world where you can accidentally start a brush fire and, and burn everything <laughs> down. It's, wow. it's great. Like it's it's like take the open world aspect of like The Witcher and then insert like uh, a physics playground sort of sandbox element. And it it looks good and I. I like Zelda games, but I don't like them that much. But like you know, I, I like them, but I wouldn't say that I'm a huge Zelda fan. But this this game might actually turn the tide. It looks damn good. It looks really good. Did they did they say that is that coming to the Wii U or is that coming to the Wii? What's it? The NX. NX. It's so it's um it's a, a tactic that Nintendo has used a couple of times in the past. It's going to be like the swan song the Wii U. This will be like the last major oh, release for the okay. Wii U, but it's also going to get an upscaled and improved port as a launch title for the NX. So All it's right. releasing on two platforms at once, and they've done this a couple of times with uh, a couple of different games, especially with the Wii and the Wii U. I can't remember which games it was off the top of my head, but they have done it before. Yeah, cool. so for me, Zelda and and Battlefield and We Happy Few and Dead Rising and all the things, it was a really good E3. I, I was right. very happy with E3 this year. Uh, no love for Watch Dogs? No, I didn't know. I, 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 see, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'm just burnt out on the Ubisoft open world style games. I, I have I thought it looked quite cool, you know, the free yeah, running. Yeah, it, look, it looks cool, of course it does. Like Ubisoft are amazing at making games look cool, but I'm just I just burned out on them. Like I'm sure it's good. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you know, it was one thing I read you know, somewhere that it was basically saying 
this is what the first game promised or what the first game should have been but i don't know yeah i'm not i'm i'm holding my breath not holding my well, breath they're good at sequels <laughs> yeah oh, then they... oh, assassin's creed 2 yeah, but then they over-sequel Assassin's Creed 2 and a half, Assassin's Creed 2 and three quarters, Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed not quite four, Assassin's Creed not quite five. And it just, it, it, when is it? Assassin's Creed Pirates? Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, they, I, 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 think, I was not I, I'm interested. Taking, I'm taking a sabbatical from open-world Ubisoft games. I, I haven't bought the last Assassin's Creed game, and I think I'm going to let 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 that dog lie for probably at least another year before I get really invested into another Ubisoft game. This is just me, of course. Don't take this as like criticism against Ubisoft games. It's just, it's just me. I don't think I, I've had enough. Well, since we've discussed E3, we're going to stick on it a little bit more. And in the subreddit this week, there was lots of or on Twitter, in fact, everywhere. There was lots of conflicting information about the Scorpio. Mm, so much. So it won't do anything for you if you don't have a 4K TV. It will look better. No, it won't. Yes, it will. You know, has there been a confusing message yes. given about the, the Scorpio? Or is it just people's perception? I think the issue is that um, it's so easy to misquote someone. These days, and you know, clickbaiting headlines is like one of the most important things that you want to do if you're a a, a, a poor journalist. Uh, and and oh, so, you, like, <laughs> like for example, Phil is giving like six interviews in a day, and he says slightly different things in every interview, and then people take one sentence and 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 sort of blow it out of proportion. But at the same time, like I think what Microsoft needs to do is the same thing happened. Uh, when the Xbox One came out, there was a lot of conflicting information. What they need to do is very quickly make a nice, straightforward press release or even like an infographic or something just to clear the air and make sure everyone knows exactly what they're buying before fear, uncertainty, and doubt sort of start to sweep the internet as it always does, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it, it was definitely... Not as clear of a message, <laughs> but yeah. again, I think they're still probably defining some of this. It's not like they they have everything set in stone, so um, I guess that's probably where some of the confusion takes place. But it's you know, can you only you know? There's some of the things where it's like, oh, are developers f being forced to make a game compatible with 4K? N well, no, that's not the case. If they want to, they can go ahead and do that. If not, they can put the uh, emphasis on power and all that other stuff in another in another area. Um, it, it was just a little interesting. <laughs> all of the confusion. I, I thought it was a little over exaggerated to some degree from the from the community and just online in general. It's just sort of I think people in some degree jumping on the bandwagon of oh here's a semi-hot topic let's let's beat it into the ground or here's microsoft again making a statement and it's just not a clear one but <laughs> then again i guess it's it's I, I, how much info do you give how much info do you hold back uh at this point in time when they're clearly still defining everything how much do the info do they even have at this point in yeah, time like yeah. when you're still building the system yeah exactly and they said it was Release or announcing it now to allow for developers to plan for it, isn't that? Yeah, and I mean also like uh, 
Clay mentioned earlier, I think it's actually quite smart that they just decided to squish the rumors. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. they came exists. right out with it. Came right out with it. I tell you what, I am really, really interested to see what a Phil Spencer console looks like. I imagine it looked quite a bit like an Xbox One. Yeah, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the one that he's been around... The, the, I know he was around for the Xbox One, but I mean, when he's been in control for, this is going to be the first vision of that. Yeah. And I'm actually, excited to see that. One of my favourite quotes on the subreddit uh, in the last few weeks... Uh, I can't remember who made the quote, so if I'm talking about you, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. But all I, do, all I remember is it said, Phil Spencer wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and quite a few people, quite a few Microsoft people were actually uh, retweeting that. Uh, for example, Josh Stein uh, <laughs> found that quite funny. I saw he was tweeting about it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great quote. Whoever wrote that, you're 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 amazing. Right. Oh, man. right. Well, before we move on to the rest of the news um, from the subreddit this week, here is this week's interview. Xbox Snap. This week's interview. All right. So we are now joined by Tyler Cushing. Tyler is uh, an industry professional who has worked in many, many different places, including Overdog. Uh, he also worked with Total Rock for uh, producing Evolve, and he worked for SpaceX. Tyler, say hello. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Tyler. Tyler, tell us about yourself. Give us some background on everything you do. What do you What do you do? What have you been involved with? Uh, yeah, so I'm a little sort of an odd duck in the industry. I actually started in Silicon Valley at places like Apple and Google. Um, I transitioned to Southern California, where, as you said, I was at SpaceX. And then I, I sort of made that big leap into the games industry, as I've always wanted to do since I won my uh, blockbuster championship for Donkey Kong Country when I was 10 years old. Uh, and I won the, uh, the blockbuster championship for Donkey Kong Country when I was like 10. You're going to have to tell us more about that yeah. before you go anywhere. That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. So they did a competition. You can still buy the cartridges online uh, where it was a time trial for Donkey Kong Country, and I won for my county. I ended up then getting a card at Blockbuster where I got two free video game rentals uh, every month for 12 months. Wow. Whoa. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm a gangster, guys. I'm a gangster. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then after SpaceX, I made the jump in the industry. I joined a smaller studio called Red 5, uh, made the game Firefall. It was an MMO online for PC. Uh, and then I, I jumped into game design with Turtle Rock Studios. They made Left 4 Dead. Um, I was working on Evolve, and uh, I did a, a ton of stuff for that. And uh, most recently, I uh, worked with Overdog on the app, um, the Xbox One app Overdog, and uh, aside from that, these days, I'm working on a new project called Line. We just announced it a couple weeks ago with uh, a couple other developers that we can talk about later on. Sounds great. So, Tyler, I wanted to ask you all about E3. What did you think? Did you check it out? What were your thoughts on it? Did you, were there any games that stood out to you uh, as well as... You know, we're very hyped and excited about Xbox announcing Scorpio and wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that as well. Totally. Yes. So I was at E3 last week uh, and it was great. Uh, uh, you know, in all honesty, it was a, seemed a little smaller than previous years. Um, but in terms of the game content, I was actually totally surprised that the publishers 
um, as well as the actual Microsoft's booth itself, Sony's booth, they were jam-packed with a ton of games. Uh, I mean, my short list in terms of the things I'm looking for right at the top is Battlefield 1. I got to play it. It was, it was amazing. Um, I'm very excited for the EA Originals program. They announced Fae or Fee, and I assume it's Fae. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with that program just for sort of developers like myself. Um, and then the, the other weird ones, which I think are going to be a little more contentious, are uh, in, my, in terms of my top list, Abzu. Uh, by some, the former art director from that game company that worked on Journey, uh, and then Watch Dogs 2, Halo Wars 2, and Dishonored 2. So that's my short list for the games, but I mean, Scorpio, I mean, we could talk for days. I'm very excited. You know, we still got to wait, I think, about a year, uh, but I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I, want a, I want a bigger, beefier Xbox, and if that's what it's going to take, then let's do it. <laughs> you mentioned Overdog. Earlier, uh, you partnered with the subreddit to make uh, community game nights and giveaways. What's it like being the only social app on Xbox One? And how did that development process take place and everything like that? Tell us more. Yeah. yeah so Overdog, uh, as of right now, as of today, Overdog has sold to another company called Odd Networks. Um, they do lots of game development. And we were actually working with them uh, on the Overdog product itself. So uh, when I joined Overdog uh, last year, we were just sort of building out the product. It came out in April 2015. I joined May 2015. And over the next several months, uh, working directly with Microsoft, we went to the campus, we met with the team, we got to hear about uh, sort of upcoming uh, product initiatives for the platform, some things that are released, some things that are still not released, and uh, to try to figure out the best way to make the sort of social application that Overdog really came to be. Uh, the, the most interesting thing to me, especially working with the subreddit, uh, was just being able to get that quick feedback from the community online. So uh, by the last two milestones that I oversaw, uh, I was actually pretty much just copying and pasting comments directly from the subreddit to the engineers, <laughs> to the engineers live, just being like, look, I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about right here. This person, that's what we should be doing. Uh, so that, and like, I'm dead serious. It, it was great just to be able to have that sort of quick... Um, back and forth with the community and uh, yeah, we got a lot of love and you know so much love that there was a yeah. interest in a purchase and that's what happened and uh, hopefully the the product will continue uh, with the most recent Microsoft announced at E3 you know I think it's debatable uh, as to what's going to happen with the product but I hope they can both sort of live in the same uh, sort of ecosystem. I actually wanted to ask you about that Tyler. Um, the Basically Microsoft announced that they're bringing essentially every single feature that uh, Overdog has and implementing it on like a system-wide level. Uh, like obviously I want to ask how, how it makes you feel and uh, also uh, what, you, what, what lessons did you guys learn from that sort of social media app development that you think Microsoft should definitely benefit from and, and, and not make like what, what, what could they do to make sure it's awesome? Definitely. Yeah, so when I heard the announcements uh, last week at E3, I think the ones that stuck in my mind, there was like a good two-minute section where I was like, oh my god, that's Overdog. Uh, they, <laughs> they announced uh, clubs, and in the Overdog app, we have groups, which would be the equivalent. Uh, they had something for, called LFG, which oddly enough um, was not released in Overdog as of yet, but was going to be a portion um, literally called LFG, so I was, uh, I was excited to see that on the platform. And then tournaments was also something we were going to try to do in it in terms of attorneys uh, so people could actually set up their own tournaments, whether they be bracketed or not. Um, so all in all, 
as a gamer, I'm super excited. I mean, anything that is implemented at the platform level as the sort of first party level, um, in my mind, just as a consumer, I think will argue, argue, arguably always be better just because they have access to fine tune, change and update things in you know second by second moment. They can change anything they want. Whereas as a third party like Overdog, you still need to go through your own cert with that company. You need to follow these guidelines, things like that. So as a gamer, I'm very excited. Uh, as sort of a former overdogger, uh, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little uh, torn. Sorry, that word. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Yeah. I literally just coined that, so hopefully that'll stick around. I don't know if you want that to stick. I don't know. It sounds, uh, it sounds odd. Uh, let's keep it. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's exciting as a as a man, you're really going for it. That that one may mean something different in Europe. It could be. I mean, uh-huh. if we if we want to look on uh, Urban Dictionary, I assume we're going to find something very specific. Yeah. No, we're, we're, I'm, we're gonna continue totally, the interview. I'm just going to turn my mic off. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally fine with being connected to oddly weird and creepy things. Um, but uh, yeah, so as as a gamer on the platform, I'm very excited, uh, and and, and uh, it'll be cool to see where things go in terms of. I think what what some of the the best practices or lessons they could take, hopefully from what we learned in Overdog, um, we watched the PlayStation 4 rollout of their sort of quote unquote groups, um, and to me that was just chaos, and that was the equivalent to when Call of Duty Elite tried to do the same thing, Rockstar Social Club did the same thing. The idea is not necessarily new, but the implementation hopefully is going to be refined in that. The moment you open up the floodgates and allow anyone to make a group, it's going to be utter chaos. Everyone is going to take you know, gaming, Xbox One, like all those big keywords like you see on Twitter and rushes for URLs. Uh, So hopefully um, they can go somewhat of the route uh, or maybe split it up like we did at Overdog where they can curate some of the larger groups. So say, uh, make an actual quote unquote official group for, you know, certain games like Gears of War and Halo um, so that the entire community is not then segmented up into like all these smaller portions. Um, That's the biggest thing for me just because I think the community needs to stay together. Uh, because once you start segmenting it up, then you just kind of lose a ton of communication. It, it would be like having, you know, three dozen different Xbox One subreddits for all these little minutia-based things versus just one where everyone can come together. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was actually about to say that's exactly the same discussion we have all the time on the mod team about making subreddits. But you you went all the way and actually <laughs> said that anyway. So. T- Tyler, I was going to say, I, I was actually a big fan of the Overdog app on Xbox One and used it a good number of times and I think one of the biggest things that I enjoyed about it was that it was just so simple to use um, and Mm. easily connect up with somebody not all of my friends like to play the same games I'm playing or maybe they're uh, like right now they're on a big Overwatch kick and I didn't pick up Overwatch but I and so I need someone to play with and it was just a great way to quickly find somebody to partner up with 99% of the time they always had a mic which was great and it was just sort of you you were going into a game with someone and in half the time you know it might be someone that has very similar interests to you uh, so it wasn't just strictly about the game you could also find people that were 
you know, had similar interests, um, which I thought was. I never knew you were a overdogger, Clay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to it's go on Urban thick. Dictionary and look up what yeah. this. <laughs> just, just <laughs> gonna, Clay. Just, just keep, make sure well, you're an overdogger and not an underdogger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving forward. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I like it. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my Twitter account name to Tyler, and then in quotes, Overdogger Cushing. And, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what new followers I get from that one. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. But yeah, so the 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 biggest sort of geeky aspect. I mean, I could go on a day sort of about it. Uh, so when I was at, at Google, I worked with a huge amount of data, as you can just guesstimate. Uh, having access to that search engine, like there were no strings attached, uh, so I could do crazy things, and that was you know almost a decade ago. So when I got access to sort of the Overdog data set, and it is really everything that someone likes, all the games they play, their achievement score, whether they're online or not, um, all these different sort of traits that the Xbox Live platform uh, sort of knows at any given moment, I was I was the one tweaking all of that. So like I would actually be able to get to make those rule sets of like well, let's make sure uh, they at least match on one movie or music title, uh, at least two games. Uh, let's make the threshold for how often or how many achievements they have in something larger or smaller. Uh, so yeah, like once you have all that data, that was kind of the geeky fun part of it, is trying to figure out how to match the best people together at any given moment. The hardest part, which we somewhat solved by, uh, you know, by December of 2015, was using the online status um, as a, as a uh, requirement to then be shown in the queue. And the hard part about that, right. most people are like, oh yeah, well it should be fine, like just show the online people. Here's the thing, when you have a database say of hundreds of thousands of people, you either need to be Microsoft and know if they're online at that moment every given second to make that correct, or if you're a third party, that means you have to query their servers every second for hundreds of thousands of sort of user IDs if you really want to be up to date. Um, so that was, a, that was a technical hurdle that I don't think we ever really solved. But again, Microsoft is already doing this. They have the data. They're going to do it you know, the best and simplest because it's their data set. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how they roll this out on their own. And, and uh, I, I want to say sort of what they stole from Overtalk. Whoa. Whoa. Goodness. Uh, Tyler, I, I did want to sort of change the subject there. Um, you had mentioned previously your involvement with Turtle Rock and Evolve. So I'm wondering, what can you explain a little bit about what you did on that project? Yeah, so I was hired, technically I think the title I was given when I was hired was a community designer. And when I interviewed there, I asked, I asked him, I was like, so what is a community designer in your mind? And sort of the response was kind of, you know, half serious, half not. It was like, well, really not too sure. Uh, we just know that we want our game to be social. And this was sort of earlier in development, too. So they're like, we know this, this game needs to be social. There's probably going to be an esports element. Um, we're going to have online content. And we want to make sure we have someone really thinking about the community um, all day, every day, and, and help the design through that manner. So that's what I was hired for kind of out of the blue like I didn't have a background in the, in game design or production um, and oddly enough it, I pretty much got the role uh, based upon my cover letter and my interview um, just because I play so many games uh, for the record I have uh, I have over a thousand games on Steam uh, I think 300 300 Xbox 360 games and I think about 80 I think 80-ish maybe now <laughs> Xbox One games um, so Aww. 
so I have, like, I, I am a gamer. Like, that is what I do. That is what I enjoy. Don't even get me started on my mobile apps. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so it's, it, I, I got in there, and what I got to work on was kind of everything. Um, I mean, what I worked on is pretty public in terms of, like, my LinkedIn stuff. But I worked, uh, I oversaw the mobile game itself. Um, I did all the achievements in the game, created an eSports game mode, which I don't think really saw the light of day. Uh, observer mode, some solo content. Uh, I created the hot swap mechanic, which was probably the most uh, consumer-facing thing, where if you played a single-player match, you could literally jump between the hunters. Um, so I designed that aspect. Before that, there was no way to jump between them. Uh, and then just geekier things like all the controls, uh, the UI with the UI, uh, UX uh, lead, and uh, localization, a bunch of other geeky, geeky things. <laughs> I, I need to ask you, what's it like developing a control set for a game? Like, how do you... How do you go about figuring that out <laughs> oh my goodness so it's wild it's very interesting because um when you work with a, a dev team you know if it was just you by yourself do whatever whatever you want right everything is perfect but then every time you add one person to it there's always comments and opinions right that's just the reality of working with anyone but even crazier in game development is that you then have opinions from people that pretty much only play games on pc or PS4, or handheld devices, or an Xbox. So we started to get these just different data sets of what people thought were the correct control schemes, um, but they all needed to sort of universally make sense. So the, the, the thing we ran up against, or I ran up against early on, was that uh, the people on the keyboard, they were fine with having like a dozen uh, key inputs, but there just weren't enough buttons on a controller to do all those key inputs. So we literally had to take out some content just because there weren't enough uh, sort of the interface on the controller. And the most specific one is that we had an actual jump button for the monsters, uh, as well as then mm -hmm. their special uh, mechanic. So like Wraith could teleport, Goliath could leap. Uh, I actually just deleted the jump button altogether. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Just because there, there wasn't, uh, it, there just it didn't make sense for the controller. Um, so there's, there was a lot of odd things too, like we needed to design the control set, I think for the PS4, so then at that time I think it had to work, was it the PSP, like you had to do remote play? Um, yeah. So there had, yeah, there had to be a control scheme for remote play that made sense, uh, the UI sort of had to change. There's all these just weird intricacies that you honestly just kind of have to dive into, test out. Uh, the nice thing is, is to, to rearrange and, and retest things. Generally at a company, it's just like an XML file. You go in and you change jump from the A button to the B button, and then you hit start again, and it's totally changed. So it's once you start diving into it, it's really quick to mess around with, but it, it does just take you, you know, you really just got to mess around. The biggest thing for me, just because I play so many games, is that I literally just played a bunch of third-person and first-person games to try to figure out what felt like the best control scheme. Um, to then integrate into the third person and sort of first person play mechanics of monsters versus hunters, so that's that's what that's what the way I took it. I don't think that's necessarily what everyone does, but you know, start start where everyone else has already uh, sort of finished off. Yeah, can I just ask then? So the the code and everything's there. The monster can actually still jump. There's just no way to make the monster jump. Is that right? Uh, in terms of the code side, yes. Yeah, I mean if you hacked the PC version and you found probably the input to make them jump, it's probably still in there. Maybe not for all the, the monsters, because after you go gold, uh, the two DLC yeah. monsters probably just don't have that ability in there. But yeah, if you could somehow hack it, you could probably make 
Goliath do this little sort of hop <laughs> instead of the super cool leap that he's, you know, his jump normally does now. Um, so yeah, the, generally code base will keep some older code in there just because it's, uh, unless it, it messes things up, there's, there's no reason to really go in there and start yeah. deleting things just no, in case it adversely affects something else. I know, just, just interested just to see the, the process behind that central. And, and Tyler, you mentioned totally. that you also came up with the achievements for that. <laughs> what's in, what's involved? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm obsessed. I'm one of these people that loves achievements. So I want to know a little bit about that process of coming up with what those are and, and how they tie them into the game. Totally. So yeah, in the end, and I'm actually looking at achievements now just to remind me of some of the names I gave them. Uh, in the end, 95% of these are mine, like straight up mine. And uh, in the end, I, I gave the list to the team. Uh, I, you have to give, it's funny, when you make a, a list of achievements, you have to actually get them uh, okayed by legal um, for the, the actual names. And uh, if you do look at my achievement list, I'm very proud of some of these names if, if you know the references to them. But I, I kind of, um, I made references to older games. So there's a couple there that I referenced to Left 4 Dead. Uh, there's a couple that are references to other games I thought in the same vein, uh, even weirder ones like Brink. Um, there is a yeah. there is a, a reference in the achievement there. A lot of sci-fi movies, um, but realistically, in terms of just uh, designing an achievement, you just want to cover the whole gamut of the game. So you know each character type or uh, game mode, um, kind of just. I mean, when you develop a game, you can kind of guesstimate how people are going to play it. Um, and you want to reward all those different types of players, not just the hardcore or the casual, but kind of all all those different types. And uh, yeah, you, you just kind of start making them. And really, it's just a data set that an engineer sort of queues up. So, you know, every time you get a headshot, it just adds one to the counter. And once you hit 100, the achievement goes off. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. I think my favorites were I got to name one I think these are the ones that may have gotten through legal. Uh, <laughs> I named one Left Left uh, Left for Dead. Uh, I named one Counter Strike. Uh, I named one Collect Them All. That may be a reference to a very famous game. And uh, yeah. what else? I think I liked my favorite was Vegan Police. That's a deep cut. Do you not always think it's quite lazy um, when you sometimes see an achievement as putting the last line said as the achievement title? So if a character says something that comes up with that, I prefer your method of the, or maybe not so obscure references to pop culture and things like that. It always makes it look a little bit better than just using something really simple, like completed chapter one or, a, a, as I said, the last line of dialogue. Yeah, and I think the those may work for more single-player content, um, just because, like... Uh, I think there's a, a sort of a pre and post storytelling to some of the single player achievements I've seen like in Call of Duty's or Battlefield where literally the quote, if you read the achievement list before the game comes out, because most are released before the game comes out these days, you almost have an anticipation as to what that's going to be. Like if the quote was like, yeah. if the quote was like, and now it's time, you're like, oh my goodness, it's time for what? Uh, <laughs> so I think there's some fun, <laughs> I think there's some fun there, but I, I do, I do tend to side with you on this where I'd rather have just more weird titled achievements so people can't really guess what it is um and uh, if they do know what it's in reference to it's a little more fun like equal opportunity hunters um is actually a reference i believe i made to uh, marvel ultimate alliance 
where they had an achievement where if you made a, a set of four uh, superheroes, two men, two women, then I think you got the equal opportunity achievement. Um, so yeah, fun stuff like that. Tyler, enough uh, enough hello. about these 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 video games. Video games suck. Tell me about spaceships. I I I, <laughs> I need to know about SpaceX. Like like, <laughs> what's it like at SpaceX and what is Elon Musk like? What does he smell like? I, I need to know everything. All the things. Uh, so yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been in uh, Elon's uh, sort of periphery for for several years now. But uh, when I was at SpaceX, I was the closest cubicle to him, so I was like twenty feet away from him every day. And uh, uh, I'll get it out of the way. Elon is awesome. Um, Elon is, okay. is yeah yeah yeah. Elon, Elon uh, it's it's been very interesting not being in, internal to the company and now just seeing them sort of as a public persona. But uh, he was great. Like uh, he was very, um, and this is you know my personal opinion, but I feel like he was very empathetic with everyone that worked there. He would love to talk to people about their family and their kids. Uh, he would bring his kids. Um, for tours with like their school for uh, to, to teach them things um, and uh, he did a lot of work you know he wasn't you know the head of the studio just in name uh, he would be there almost every day uh, you know getting stuff done and I think that shows in that now SpaceX is arguably one of the most innovative companies in aerospace today um, sending up you know both Dragon and uh, the Grasshopper or I, don't know, I guess that's the Grasshopper program is now public, where the, the rockets are sort of relanding, um, and Falcon Nines, and you know, yeah. going to Mars is is still the goal. And if anyone thinks that's a joke, well, you know, you don't you don't know Elon that well. That is not a joke. Um, so it's it's exciting. It's been exciting to see what uh, SpaceX is evolving into, um, and just all the success that you know the team members I know are still having there. Now, what was actually like hiring real rocket scientists? Oh, uh, yeah, it was a little weird, right? Like, I could tell people, I was like, yeah, I help find and hire rocket scientists, and it just sounds like a joke. Um, but <laughs> oddly enough, uh, what SpaceX was trying to do was was trying to uh, integrate sort of new blood into the industry. So uh, one of, a couple of my projects was actually trying to find, uh, my term, uh, you know, gearheads, like people that actually worked on supercars and like F1 cars. And to bring them into the company uh, because they, you know, the, the team kind of just wanted people that liked fast things, you know, super powerful, crazy things. Because if you like a super fast car and you're like, hey, do you want to make a super fast rocket? And they're like, oh my, yeah, of course. Um, so it was, <laughs> yeah. it was interesting to see merging sort of um, mechanical gearhead car type people and then also sort of rocket scientists. Because you just got, you know, you got amazing things out of it, right? You got the technical aspects of both sides, but then you also just got just super cool machinery that looks amazing. And a lot of the SpaceX team uh, that, that have left in the last couple of years are still together, though. They're working on a Hyperloop. Um, so they're still integrating, you know, the, the rocket science with the, the car mechanics, and they're going to go a, a whole new path with that. That's... that's um... I, it blows my mind just thinking about some of that stuff and the processes that might be involved with getting that, you know, any of that off the ground. Um, and n no pun intended there. Did you have you seen any of the launches firsthand while you were while you were working there? So I worked in the headquarters in Southern California. And at that time, 
the Falcon 9s, they were uh, taken off in um, uh, Cape Canaveral in Florida. So most of the team uh, and, and sort of our, our, um, our, uh, our base of operations for the actual Dragon and, and rockets was still in Southern California as well. So most of the team was in Southern California. We all watched the launches. So I would wake up here in Orange County at, goodness, I think four in the morning. And I'd drive up to L.A., and there would be hundreds of other employees there because we're all re- waiting to watch the live launch of the Falcon 9. Um, yeah, so I watched several several launches that uh, all went extremely well. You know, seeing the first Dragon go around the planet uh, was mind-blowing. And then less than a week later to then see that same exact spacecraft on the floor again um, with the bottom of it sort of burned from the atmosphere. And it was totally insane. Like, you felt like because you didn't physically see it in person you almost felt like everything was fake like it was a set of a movie you're like oh yeah sure that went in a you know low earth orbit and then came back and we got it from the ocean um but it it was uh <laughs> it, it was absolutely amazing you know rockets are being built on the floor and these things are are going out um and now they're 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 going to the international space station it's it's just so wild to think about you know a private company 10 years ago no one even knew is now doing something that took other companies, you know, 60 years. Now, there is a question that we ask all of our guests. I'm not sure if Reese has briefed you about this before you came on. I'm pretty oh, sure I'm you a, can answer. Oh, oh a, you're a regular a, listener. Oh, I'm a regular listener, so I'm ready for this. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I guess it's not going to be Donkey Kong. <laughs> well, that was, oh. that was going to be a top choice just because I have such a love-hate relationship with him. Um, but no, feel free to ask your question just in case, you know, this is the first time someone is listening. Yeah. So, yeah, for our first time listeners, um, which classic video game character can you knock out with one punch? All right. I took a lot of time thinking about this. I went through my list and then I was thinking like, maybe I'm going to do Shang Tsung from the original Mortal Kombat um, mm. because he's like a really old guy in that. But I was like, I don't know. He still has magical powers. Uh, I was then going to go with Mega Man because he's like a 10 year old boy. I think I could take out a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> then, but then Punching I, I children, to, classy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. but here's the thing: he's you know like an android. And then I realized he's made out of titanium. I'd probably break my hand. So I kept it in Mega Man world, and I'm going all in on Doctor Wily. <laughs> oh, nice. Good answer. Good right answer. The mustache. <laughs> right. If, if I was there, if I was there in Mega Man, the first one, and just cold cocked him. And he's out. We would have arrested him, and then there wouldn't have been forty-five other Mega Man games, and everything would have been solved. Uh, hindsight, hindsight. That's right. So, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's been a pleasure. Um, I hope you had a good time. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. You guys are awesome. I love the podcast. Absolutely great to hear. So, uh, yeah, we loved having you here, and uh, we hope to have you back at some point in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you guys online and on the subreddit. Yes, and before you go, uh, where can we find you if uh, if anyone needs to talk to you? Oh, uh, Twitter is where all the, the cool kids go, supposedly, these days. So I'm just at Tyler Cushing, T-Y-L-E-R-C-U-S-H-I-N-G. That is my uh, handle there. And then uh, the new game I'm working on with some other team members is Line the Game. Uh, and the handle for that on Twitter is L-I-N-E-T-H-E-G-A-M.
M-E. Actually, okay. Tyler, before we before we officially let you go, can I take two more seconds and ask you just uh, to tell us a little bit about the new game that you're working on? Uh, sure. We haven't actually announced anything, so but I will give you secret information first, I suppose. Um, we uh, we were referenced a couple of weeks ago, both on Kotaku and on a Forbes article. But the team, as of right now, we were publicly letting people know it is myself, uh, Dave Gibson, who is an animator on Overwatch, um, and then uh, Jamie Kenoshin. Uh, she's an artist out of Texas, and she does uh, amazing work. Uh, there are other team members. We just haven't announced them uh, publicly yet. But uh, I will just let you know they're all super awesome. And what we're working on is the game is called Line. Uh, we've released two, uh, maybe three pieces of concept if you're really uh, geeky and you can find the, the third one. And uh, as of right now, we're saying it is a single-player game set on an island. And it's going to be sort of in the vein, I will say, because uh, we haven't really uh, cleared anything as a group as to what we want to say. I'll say it's in the vein of uh, Journey, uh, Ocarina of Time, um, uh, with a lot of movement mechanics. Uh, so it's going to be a, a fun world to explore, uh, a lot of traversal, a lot of movement, and uh, hopefully it's going to be visually something that you really haven't seen before. Um, and we're playing with engines right now in terms of see which one can actually get us the look that we're going to need because it's going to look, I think, quite different than what people are used to. Great. Fantastic. Uh, it looks the, the, the concept art that you guys have up. Uh, looks beautiful. Looks really, really cool. <laughs> so, can't wait to hear more about it in the future. I'm glad you like I'm it. I'm glad you like it. Jamie will love to hear that because that's her work. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to to talk more about it, and hopefully, we'll we'll get to show some more stuff through development. And you know, we want to be an open uh, open development process. So I, hopefully, I think we're gonna uh, air all the dirty laundry as much as possible because I think there's a lot of gamers that really kind of want to understand more how a game is made and. If we get that opportunity, we might as well do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks again, and, and thanks for that extra little hidden uh, bit of secret info. And, uh, yeah. Bye-bye, Tyler. All right. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. See ya. See ya. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. So thanks, Tyler, for that amazing interview. He really is mini Braben, isn't he? Mini Braben. Mini Braben. I like that. It was it was definitely interesting. Like uh, I think uh, the one of the the best things about the Braben interview was that um, he had so many interesting things to talk about, mostly about space, I guess. <laughs> but you know, like like from a, a different perspective than like a like a a games developer, he had like all kinds of interesting stuff to talk about. So I think that's what made it really interesting. So the story that I'm going to bring to the table this week is from user cutie underscore panther, and it's all about ninety number nine. Now, it, the link is to an IGN review, right? And yeah. it's a five point nine out of ten. Yep. So this is <sighs> a very well-known developer. It literally raised millions in Kickstarter. And it's described as the spiritual successor to Mega Man. Is that a five point nine to you? <laughs> that's a that's an ouch. And right. uh, just just before when we were talking uh, with with Tyler, just you know conversationally before we began the interview, um, I I noticed that uh, circulating on Twitter, the official Sonic Twitter handle, is a very vicious smackdown. Uh, 
of the the mighty number nine team. It was it was quite savage. If anyone's interested in looking that up, it's doing very poorly in reviews. Uh, Jim Sterling ravaged the game and gave it a four out of ten, I think, and 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 everyone's just tearing it to pieces. I don't think I've seen a single person give it higher than a six. It's really unfortunate. I, I had really high hopes for that game as a a big fan of of Mega Man, like so many people uh, mm. growing up, and I think that's you know obviously why the the Kickstarter did so well, and just so many people expecting this to be great and and play just like Mega Man, and um, it sounds like it's not uh, exactly everyone's cup of tea at this point. This. <laughs> It illustrates a really, a really ugly side to the whole Kickstarter thing. Like, for example, I think Kickstarter can be amazing because without Kickstarter, we would not have gotten Elite Dangerous, which is one of my favorite games ever. We would not have gotten Wasteland 2. Um, uh, very soon, we'll have uh, the new Torment game, Tides of Numenera, and I'm super excited for that. And if, if that sucks, I think I'll go and hang myself. But <laughs> it's it's... But then you get stuff like this. Then you get stuff like all the stuff that happened with Double Fine. Um, right. and, and it's just millions of dollars just evaporating into, into piss, basically. Like, it's, yeah. It's, what, what do you guys think about when that happens? Millions, like, you, you're not investing your money for them to go make... Let me, let me just start this again, actually. Like... There is no guarantee when you invest in Kickstarter that they're going to give you a good game, mm. right? No, I, I, it's no in no way that I think it was their intention to make a bad game. Right. I don't think anyone wants to make a bad no. game. But you know, there's there's to compare it to be bad for Kickstarter or put down in Kickstarter. I don't really think it's fair. Yes, I think more people are just disappointed. Yeah, well, with this game, I didn't mean to anything. say that like Kickstarter itself is bad. That's why I started listing you yeah. know, successes of Kickstarter. Yeah. It's like it's more like a don't you hate when this happens? Like you know, yeah. not even not even the. I think the takeaway is not even the best of intentions can stop a crap game from being crap. Yeah, <laughs> but that's true. Until I get my hands on it, I cannot confirm it's crap. But um, <laughs> and I will I will try and play it. I will try and play it. But it. You know, it's it's just such a shame because I think everyone wanted this to be the game, you know, to be the spiritual successor to Mega Man, for it to really hit home, get good scores, you know, sell well, so we can see more games in that genre. Yeah, but is it maybe just times moved on? I don't know. Um, I mean, I think I think the test of this will be the spiritual successor to Castlevania. If that is a flop, then I think. This genre will pass quietly exist. into the Wackamole. Wait, what? Guacamole. That's it. What? Guacamole. Guac- oh, guacamole. It's guacamole. I'll like, see it the way it's, I want to see it. It's, it's, a, it's a play on guacamole. Guacamole. Ross, say that again. Guacamole. Oh, you now you. I literally had no idea what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is he saying? So, Clay, what are you bringing to the table this week? Podcasting, oh guys, God. serious business. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. 
this story comes directly from our own Falcon Box, uh, who was posting that the I guess it's sort of been announced or leaked or let known that Dead Rising Four is a one year timed exclusive on the Xbox One. So wanted to get your guys' thoughts on um, third party exclusives. You know this whole idea of should these things uh, even be taking place in this day and age? Uh, we've got things like Tomb Raider on the Xbox One, as well as over on the PS4 side, Street Fighter. Please, please bring Street Fighter back over to Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, Street Fighter. I miss you. Well, so wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. I'll jump in first because I I, I have no problem actually with, uh, like if it's if it's a game, like a whole game, and they want to get like a one-year timed exclusive. I actually think that's okay. I don't like it, but it's better than nothing. It's better than Street Fighter right. being, at, or Completely. for example, everyone's upset at the moment about um, Spider-Man. Yeah, being like a third. I don't. I don't like the idea of buying a third-party game. Like, in, if you if you develop your own game in-house, then obviously it's yours. But this whole sort of third-party wars that's going on right now, I'm, I'm not a fan. And I mean, if, if the game itself is a one-year timed exclusive, at least you get to play it eventually uh, when it comes out the next year. The game itself does not get any worse. In fact, it, it probably gets a lot better after a year, after the patches and the DLC and whatever else. But if it's something like Destiny, where it's like DLC or, or that yeah. sort of stuff is gated for a year, that sucks. Yeah, that would that would be really bad if if it was or, DLC that was yeah, gated like that. I mean, they already like, have the timed exclusives where yeah, yeah. you get like, it for a month in advance of the PS4, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that just that would really really not be cool. But I, I just thought it was interesting that it's like, all right, so this is Dead Rising, which is produced by Capcom, Street Fighter which is also produced by Capcom and two, Mm. you know, two different titles, completely different titles, but from the same publisher developer that are uh, going to, you know, separately to the, to the other consoles. Um, I just thought that was an interesting piece, how that happened. Uh, Sorry, I I just talked over everybody, but Insomniac does the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sunset Overdrive on the Xbox, Ratchet and Clank on the PS4. Yeah, it's true. But you mentioned something, Elrico. You mentioned the game and the PS4. The name escapes me. The Mass Zombie Killing. Yeah, Days Gone. So you would think that maybe they would, Sony would be putting a focus on that as a zombie killing game. Right. Yeah, hmm. that's true. Um, and what allowed Dead Rising? Then when that Dead Rising game arrives next year, that's already out the way. Yeah, like they did with Uncharted and Tomb Raider. Yeah, Yeah. basically like Uncharted and Tomb Raider. But my issue is, is I've now played Tomb Raider and Uncharted, okay? Mm. And I still think the original Tomb Raider game beats them all. That's just my own personal opinion, Wait, 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 stop. You mean like 1996 Tomb Raider? No, the reboot Tomb Raider. I thought thought that was a fantastic piece of work. I loved it too. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, I preferred Uncharted to the last Tomb Raider. Well, that's that's a fairly common sentiment, I think. Yeah, yeah actually. But, no, amazing. So when games. this arrives in, in PS4, the comparison is just going to be there immediately because they've already played Uncharted Four. I didn't think of that. 
you know, so they're going to take, which was in its own right, the Tomb Raider sequel was an amazing game, you know, absolutely brilliant fun, and the all the PS4 users are just going to consistently compare it to the Uncharted game that they played in the same year. I honestly don't think it's unfair. I, I, I honestly don't think it is fair to compare other developers to Naughty Dog. Yeah, yeah I know. But it's, it's an actual mindset it's, for people. It's, just, it's just not fair. It's mean. But, uh, but Naughty it, Dog are just too good at what this, they do. Isn't this exactly what was... So this is a, ti- a one-year timed exclusive. Uh, yeah. I was thinking of Titanfall, but Titanfall, was ex- the first, was exclusive to Xbox. Xbox now One. it's coming. Yeah. Titanfall 2 is coming to both. Um, the other title that was coming to my mind was Mass Effect. Wasn't was that originally that. Xbox? And then was it a timed exclusive for two and three? I just remember those coming out a lot later on the PS3, and the sales not being anywhere near as good as the as, the, as they were on the 360. And I, it's just kind of like I, I get it, but I don't understand <laughs> from a business standpoint. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would be that great of a deal. I don't know. I don't know what the financials but are involved to, with it. But To answer your question, uh, the first Mass Effect was exclusive, and then the sequels were uh, were made. I think. And, and also Bioshock was the same. Um, yeah. And I think a couple of other games early in the 360s life cycle, actually. In, in many ways, Microsoft's getting a bit of a taste of its own medicine. Right. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. it's still it's it's an interesting thing. I I hate it. It's it's I I want to play all the games all the time. I, I I don't like when business gets in between me and my games. Just just personally. <laughs> just just give it to me. Agreed. Do you not like money? Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I, if, I, if I'm sure it's that simple. Like, oh, guys, I know business. Just yeah. just ask me. I'll tell you. So. <laughs> Right, so guys, we've reached the end of another podcast, but I've got one last question to ask you all. Go ahead. You can play any of the games that were announced to E3 right now for the next hour. What would it be? For only an hour? Just for the next hour, that's it. Dead Rising. Mm, Clay? Battlefield. By yourself, though, it's not going to be much fun. (sighs) Damn it. Um... (laughs) Probably Dead Rising as well. I, I think Dead Rising has the most bang for your buck if you've yeah. just got one hour to play yeah. around in. Yeah. One hour, put on some crazy clothes, wear some lingerie, pick That's up right. a, a random piece of furniture and crush some <laughs> zombie heads with it. That's exactly yeah. right. And um, well, for me, it's going to be Forza. <laughs> yes. Forza. It's, it's going to be Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what was that trailer? No, what that, the what, hell, Kojima? What was, was it? Uh, sorry, I think I typed that wrong. It's Death Standing, right? Not no, stranding? it's it's Stranding. It's Stranding. It is stranding? Wait, yeah. What do you call it? Stranding. Yeah, weirdest title and and even weirdest trailer. What, like what? What on earth was that? Hey, he's got Norman Reedus back in there though, so that's awesome. eh. that's good. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so for my pick, it would be Gears Four. Four. for my pick it would be Gears 4 and leaving Kojima behind we'll draw this podcast episode to a close so thanks for joining me Reese. not a problem can I can I say it this week can I I haven't done it before yes you can yes you can and thanks to you Clay woohoo thank you all right (laughs) I'm ready you ready right hey Cortana Xbox turn off
One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. Okay. Well, the first story that I'm going to bring to the table for you is a table. It's a table? It's a table. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> One take, one take, one take, one take. <laughs> roll keep with it. it. In, keep rolling. 